they like looked at me and were just like, you have a problem. <laughs> like they just came in straight up was like, okay, you have an issue. And I was really offended by that. Like I had, it took me off guard and honestly it was like really traumatizing, <laughs> but um, it was like a wake up call that I needed for sure. And I was just like, I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm going to get better. But yeah, it kind of was a wake up call to be like, yeah, no one really just ends up here like by total accident. And there are things that like led me here, like over exercising and obsessing over what I'm eating, not eating enough, all that kind of stuff. And that was just, I guess, my wake up call moment. Welcome to Let's Thrive the Podcast, a place for holistic storytelling with none of the BS and a whole lot of fun. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and my mission is to interview guests that inspire, educate, and empower you to live your best life. In these stories, you'll see a part of your own journey reflected in theirs and learn to grow from it. And with that said, let's thrive. Welcome to Let's Thrive the Podcast, and I'm your host, Emily Feichels. Whether you're new around here or an OG, it's a pleasure to have you here. This podcast began as a safe place for me to express my thoughts and to connect with others, to learn, to grow, and now it's become this beautiful community of people all over the world listening to me ramble as the guests share their stories oh so eloquently. And today, we have someone who, in my opinion, shares their story so openly, so beautifully, Tay from It's Taylor Murray on Instagram. If you're familiar with her at all, then you'll know that in the past two years, I'd say, she's had quite the shift occur in her life, in her work, on her Instagram, and that's what we're here to chat all about today. So as you'll hear in the episode, like many of us, Tay had her own struggles with obsessive health and diet culture being present in her life, and she actually used to have an Instagram account called Clean Eats with Tay, or something like that. And that's where she started this health journey of hers and acquired quite the following on Instagram, and that's how I first found her, that's how probably maybe some of you did too. It eventually got to the place, though, and Tay explains this all in the conversation, uh, where the pressure of Instagram and the pressure of disordered eating and the pressure of, you know, just like this health obsession and all of it just got to be too much. And so she actually took time off Instagram, and if you followed her during that time, then you'll remember it, you'll probably know exactly what I'm talking about, Uh, because to us on the outside, it really seemed like this sudden, dramatic shift. And, you know, she then came back with this whole new mission and whole new just way of expressing and sharing herself, and once more, to those of us on the outside, it was kind of like, whoa, what happened here? And so today's conversation is really a behind-the-scenes look at how that break from Instagram was really representative of Tay redefining and shifting her relationship and mindset with health. And as you'll hear in the, you know, in this discussion is Tay really found what worked best for her body and she was able to leave behind the previous obsessions and diet trends, like all the things that are thrown at us um, on the everyday from diet culture. And so that being said, you know, as you listen, some parts of Tay's story may resonate with you, and then maybe parts of it don't. 
that's okay. <laughs> like I know for a fact that some of the things Tay brings up or she worked through or she mentions just didn't resonate with me. And that's because I'm a different human <laughs> and you're a different human. And so just take what you can from this episode and then leave whatever doesn't serve you. We just wanted to have an open, honest conversation. It's really just like off the top of our minds. There wasn't much structure. There wasn't much planning going into this. We just wanted to have an open conversation that really showed the journey that Tay went through. I mentioned parts of my journey and it's a way to really open your eyes. Like something she says about her past, like does that resonate with you now? And if so, maybe you start to look into what orthorexia is. Or maybe you start to question the latest, you know, diet you started or the latest trend you started to follow. Like we just wanted to have a conversation that maybe, just maybe, will open your eyes to something happening or something going on or something present in your life right now that you're struggling with. And we wanted to show that no matter how big the following, no matter who you are, no matter your work, your life, whatever it is, like we can all struggle but we can also all get through it. We can all have our own story, our own journey to recovering, to just really embracing like everything life has to offer. And so overall, you know, I just really loved this conversation on ditching diet culture, the influence of social media, and how to redefine and shift your mindset, your relationship to health. And so if any of that or anything else of this episode resonates, let us know. We would love to connect and chat. Taylor is on Instagram at it's Taylor Marie, linked below, and I'm on there at Emily Feichels and at Let's Thrive Podcast. Also, if you liked the episode and would like to further support, you can leave a rate and review on Apple Podcast, which always makes me smile, or you can just DM me, share with a friend or family member, whatever works for you. Thank you for listening, and without further ado, let's begin. Okay, well, this has been a long time coming, and I'm just so excited that we both get to sit down and talk and chat, and I'm sure this conversation will just hit home, resonate with a lot of people listening. Um, so to just yeah. kick things off, do you want to give just a little introduction so people know who they're listening to and who they're connecting with? Yeah. Hey guys, um, I'm Taylor and I have a health food-ish slash lifestyle Instagram at It's Taylor Marie. Three years ago, I started an account called um, Queen Eats by Tay and I just would post like meal and spo and just like all the healthy stuff I was making and whatnot just for fun. And then it kind of took off and I just started like making recipes and then a lot of other stuff happened, but what led me here is basically just like now I just post like lifestyle, food, just things happening in my life, and it's a much more balanced place for me now. So I love it. You have like a bit of everything, and it's just neat because you're one of those people like you never know what post is going to pop up for you. You know, like it might be food or maybe lifestyle it might be super deep or it might just be like a fun post and I love that you're just keeping us on our toes you know oh, I love that <laughs> Never it's really it. me just not knowing what I'm doing but uh, I feel like that is <laughs> I'm glad it comes across that way <laughs> it does it definitely does when you kind of alluded to it there but there's obviously been a lot of transition for you 
since you mm. began the account and just in general, you know, in life. And it's been that way for a lot of us, but just to really start this conversation, you know, that we wanted to have with anyone listening is how would you describe your relationship to health now in contrast to was it what it was, you know, whether that's a year ago, two years ago mm-hmm. when you started your account, just to really show that, that transformation that's happened. Yeah. So I feel like a year ago, it wasn't so different as it is now. I mean, maybe like two or three years ago, stark difference. Oh my God. But yeah, I guess even a year ago, that's when I kind of set off on this. That's when I like stopped posting health things like that. Um, Sorry, my roommate texted me. That's when I stopped posting like healthy recipes and stuff. And I was like, I went on a trip to Europe and I was like, there are no rules. I'm eating whatever I want. I'm doing whatever I want when I'm there. And that just like really was so freeing for me and set me off on this more balanced journey, I guess. And, um, but yeah, a year ago, I kind of was just, I went from like one extreme to the other. I was like, screw it. I'm not talking about food. I'm not like posting anything about food. I'm just done. And I was like, I'm going to eat whatever I want. Like I would be candy, whatever, like it didn't really matter. And I was like, I was so, I felt so great about it. Cause like, I wasn't feeling any kind of guilt or whatever. And that was the first time in like ever I had felt that way. So I was just really kind of going to that end of the spectrum for a little bit. And then now I feel like I'm just balanced. Like I don't need to like be so like loud about it and like, no, like I don't care. Like I'm just going to eat whatever I want now. It's just like, I eat what makes me feel good. And usually that's something healthy, but yeah, like a couple times a week I'll go get like, I don't know, something else that's not considered healthy and it's fine. It's just, I don't really like think about it now anymore, I guess is where I'm at a year later. So yeah, much more balanced. Yeah. I think what you said there about not thinking, not putting too much thought into it is the Mm -hmm. key takeaway, right? Because so many of us relate to that idea of it's like you're on one end of the spectrum or the next. And we all struggle to find that in between area where it's like Mm -hmm. either obsessive over health and all of the diet culture stuff, or you're just like, fuck this. I really don't care. You know? And like you said, it's kind Mm -hmm. of like you're one or the other. And I think it takes trial and error and just time to find your own in between. And like you said, it's, it's finding Mm -hmm. and eating foods that make you feel good and then not overthinking of whether like this is quote unquote healthy or not healthy, like not, not always like labeling it almost, you know? Yeah. And like for a little bit, I needed like those things, like the other extreme side to feel like I was healthy again. And like I was in the right mindset, but now I don't even like need anything. I'm just there, you know? And that's something that takes time for sure. And that wasn't like, like this wasn't my goal place to end up as it just like happened. Like I just, you just stop caring eventually once like you work a shit ton on yourself and like on your mental health and stuff. But yeah, everyone I feel like can get there eventually. So. And when did you first realize that your relationship to health was at such the extreme? So before you just said like, F this, I'm done, you know, like just caring so much about health, quote unquote health and food and all that. Like, was there a moment or a few moments where, you know, you just had a thought or something happened and you're like, whoa, this is, you know, this is kind of extreme. This is kind of obsessive almost. 
Yeah, I feel like it was. So, I mean, I guess I could have given more like backstory, but um, when I started my account, I was in school still. I was like, uh, I had just finished my freshman year of college. And so I came home and made my account and stuff and just like posted food and everything. And I lost a lot of weight and it was kind of just, it was fun at first, like not the weight part, but like just doing my account and stuff. And like, that just happened on its own. Like I wasn't like thinking about weight or anything. It just, I was really into making healthy things and that just kind of happened. And that's when it just kept getting like worse and worse and worse and like escalating from there. And that's usually how it happens. I feel like, but yeah, so I lost like a bunch of weight that summer and then I went back to school and I was still continuing, continuing my account and stuff. And I went to my school's health center, um, to go to the doctor to get like blood work or something. And they like looked at me and were just like, you have a problem. <laughs> like they just came in straight up was like, okay, you have an issue. And I was really offended by that. Like I had, it took me off guard and honestly it was like really traumatizing, <laughs> but, um, it was like a wake up call that I needed for sure. And I was just like, I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm going to get better. But yeah, it kind of was a wake up call to be like, yeah, no one really just ends up here like by total accident and, there are things that like led me here, like over exercising and obsessing over what I'm eating, not eating enough, all that kind of stuff. And that was just, I guess, my wake up call moment and led me to start like gaining weight and just getting better. And then like, as I went, as I kept like gaining weight and people like following people on Instagram that weren't just posting food and like, we're talking about like eating disorders and stuff. Cause that was something I kind of avoided. I feel like in the back of my mind for a reason, I was like, I knew something was off. I was like, I don't really want to like be called out like that. So I would just avoid it. But then I started reading these people's accounts and I'm like, okay, maybe I do have a problem. And then just along the way, I was like, okay, yeah, I definitely had an eating disorder back then. And now I can like full on say I had big issues going on that I like never would have admitted then. Yeah. I mean, but, it's, yeah. it's crazy how it all happens. You know, you go from not seeing the issue or what's going on to usually some mm -hmm. sort of outside source informing you of, Hey, uh, red flag here. And then you can start to see it. Mm -hmm. I feel like in that stage, there can be a lot of barriers and shields that we fly up to protect ourselves. And yeah, yeah you know, it's like, we don't, we get defensive. We don't want to listen to people. We have that, like, I can do this on my own mindset. And while those are mm -hmm. all, you know, they can be great characteristics in certain aspects, I think in that sense, like it can be very, it just like holds you back. And I mean, you yeah. know, what you said about when you were starting the weight gain and everything, that's when I, like the first recovery accounts, I'd say, not even recovery accounts, it was just accounts talking differently or more openly about health. You know, like you were definitely one of them um, when you started mm -hmm. that weight gain journey. And it was just something I had never seen before, right? Like social media yeah. is so saturated with diet culture nowadays and it's getting a lot better. But back then it was even, you know, it was much worse, I feel. And at least, yeah. And seeing an account like yours was just so eye-opening. You know, like you said, I'd never uh -huh. seen someone documenting it in that way. Yeah. And yeah, there's so many accounts out there that are great to follow. I think um, the well necessities, she was one of the accounts that I found that was talking about health, but also like health obsession and stuff. And then I think the balance blonde, 
she went through a whole journey like that and leave America when she used to do health stuff. Um, but yeah, those were accounts that I really liked and kind of opened my eyes to that. Um, but also I was realizing while you were talking, like another way that I feel like I kind of realized something was off was, um, like being around people. And I feel like I'm kind of a person, I definitely isolate myself and can go forever being alone and like not even talk to anyone. And I did have a period where I didn't really have any friends and that kind of like allowed me to get into this whole mess. And because like if, you don't, if you're not around people every day or people that you're like really close with that would feel comfortable confronting you about something, if they feel like something's off with you, then it's so easy to just fall in that pattern and like restrict yourself or not have regular eating habits or like lose weight and stuff. And I really just like had my mom and she saw that I was eating. And so she was like, well, you're just healthy. That's why you're like losing weight. And like, yeah, I, I never skipped a meal. I was perfectly like, I wasn't starving myself or anything. So we didn't think anything of it. Like we didn't know about orthorexia and stuff like that. And like the obsession with health. So yeah, I feel like if I would have had more people in my life, maybe I would have come to terms sooner. Like if I had more friends and they'd, they'd be like, dude, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, or are you so obsessed with just like eating so perfectly, quote unquote perfectly. But um, yeah, I think having like people in your life can really help you get out of that quicker. I feel like I would have gotten out of that quicker for sure. Right. And I feel like it can swing both ways because you either have the people in your life or on your feed, you know, on social media that are Mm -hmm. those positive influences. Like they kind of challenge you to look at your, you know, look at things differently. And then you can have the people that they might have the best intentions, but fundamentally if they're struggling too, then Mm -hmm. they're basically just like fueling that fire of, you know, whether it's like your diet buddies or you, you know, your gym gym buddies together, whatever it is. And so I think like trying to understand like who in your life, like they don't, they can obviously still be in your life, but like who's supporting this journey that you're about to embark on and who do you Mm -hmm. need to maybe like step aside at least for like a little bit or make sure that you're not like falling into their same thoughts and habits. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's so true. And like, I feel like when my account was smaller and I was just interacting with accounts that were like mine and were kind of more on the obsessive health side, like just posting food, making sure it was like, like everything was substituted, you know, stuff like that, like zoodles and all that kind of stuff, like no carbs, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that stuff's fine. But like, it was just like, accounts like that and everyone else was obsessed just as obsessed as I was but and that also like allowed me to get away with it and I had like no followers so who is going to be like you have a problem to someone that has like 200 followers but um yeah I think having people in your life that keep you accountable and care about you helps so much to like keep you from falling down that rabbit hole of like unhealthy behaviors yeah and something I wanted to touch on before is the other side of like outside sources can only see so much of what's going on with an eating disorder. You know, a lot Mm -hmm. of it is mental and emotional strain. And then there's also a lot of other internal issues that can arise. And I know we kind of like chatted about this a bit before, but um, if you're comfortable sharing, like if there were any other health concerns that popped up that were kind of like a red flag 
And I know these are sometimes not talked about quite enough. Like people don't realize these issues arise from this, you know, really health. That is something, I mean, I still don't even really see that many people talking about it. Um, but it's something I absolutely had no idea about until I went through it. Like stuff that can like be a result of restricting and stuff like gut issues, reproductive health. I feel like reproductive health is talked about more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I obviously stopped getting a, getting a period cause I was very small. I didn't have a period for like three years, I think. Um, mine is also very affected by stress. Like if I'm really, really stressed, I won't get it that month. And that happens every now and then. Um, but I definitely was not functioning as I should. My body was not ready to have a baby. So, um, that wasn't happening. Um, and I mean, that didn't really have any long-term effects, thank God, but it can. And I know it can also, there's also, um, What's it called when your bones get like really fragile? Osteoporosis. Well, that's like yeah. The, that's like when it's yeah. actually set in. But overall, yeah. Um, that was something they were concerned about with me. I never got that, so that's like an effect that could happen, I guess. Um, but I feel like most importantly for me was like gut issues, and then once you come out of like extreme restriction, you just like go the other way and you're starving. You're like, you cannot get enough food. And it's like, you just grow this like attachment to food in like a totally different way. Like it's becomes like it for me, it became a comfort thing. And like, while I was recovering, it was like so nice for me to give myself like whatever food I wanted and just like an influx of food that that became like a kind of like comforting ritual. And so like, that's still something I deal with now is like, I have like my certain like nut butter and like frozen fruit. That was like my favorite thing back then. It's still my favorite thing now. And I just sometimes would like overdo it on that. And that's not something I really knew would happen. Like what's it called? Um, like refeeding or yes. Yeah. That's what they call it. Refeeding syndrome or something. Um, I, I mean, it is talked about obviously, but it wasn't something I was aware of. And then, yeah, like gut issues and stuff. I got leaky gut towards, that was like right when I stopped posting food. That was like the final thing that I was like, this is it. I can't do this anymore. It's literally like tearing me apart. I couldn't eat any of the foods I was eating because I had become like so sensitive to them because it was a very like narrow range. I wasn't eating meat or anything. And I also have um, IBSC. So I get like real backed up if I eat certain foods and all the foods I was eating was causing that. So it was terrible. I was in pain all the time. I was so bloated and I was like, why is this happening? And then of course people are like, you're just sensitive to like a bunch of foods. You need to get like a food sensitivity test. And those are bogus for a number of reasons. But um, honestly, it just came down to like not stressing about food, not restricting anything, like opening up my like what I was eating and eating like all sorts of different foods, like fish for me it was and like chicken and just dairy, even like a little bit of dairy every now and then I needed like different things that I was eating and not the same veggies, not the same like beans and things every day. So yeah, that was a big thing that I needed to learn that I wasn't aware what happened and it affected me a lot. And 
I mean, I'm glad it happened. It pulled me out of it, but yeah, it's just something I feel like isn't talked about enough. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, going back to kind of the beginning with the, with the loss of a period, I know for me, it took, Mm -hmm. uh, let's see about like seven years, you know, until I could get my period re-regulated and now it's only been back for two months. Right. So that's still kind Mm -hmm. of up in the air. Like, will it stay? Will it not? And yeah crazy that once that's good yes thank you and it's crazy like once your health does start to return how you notice right like even little things like your your nails and your hair and how much stronger and better they grow and um just like the natural shape of your body like the way it can even out or it just changes and there's just so many neat little like things that you don't realize you're missing when you're in that yeah that mindset and yeah, I mean, with the gut health, I feel like that's um, just like such a tricky one because oftentimes these behaviors honestly start the gut issues, right? Like they have to do with it, whether you're like just with the foods you're doing, like the disordered eating can oftentimes really lead to these gut issues. And then you get the gut issues and you do become sensitive to certain foods or certain foods don't settle well with your body. And that mm-hmm. just, I feel, feeds... I kind of shared on this a bit the other day, like it feeds that fear mindset of, yeah. oh no, if I eat that food, like I'll feel this way. And then you develop safe foods and then you don't want to go away from those safe foods. And it's just like one big cycle. And um, mm-hmm. I feel like it's hard. I don't have an answer, but you know, for anyone listening, just a reminder that you know, gut health and, <laughs> and disordered eating, all of it, like it all plays off of each other getting stuck in that kind of like fear mindset can be so, so dangerous. Yeah. I feel. Yeah. I, I was going to add something, but I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> all, good. all good. All good. But well, yeah, I totally agree with that. And yeah, I wish I would have known those things before. And yeah, with the period, um, mine is still, mine came back and was fairly regular. I've missed like a couple since it came back about two years ago, I think it was. Um, and just for like different reasons, like if I've been sick or stressed or whatever, but honestly, also something else that isn't really talked about with like eating disorders and how it affects your body and stuff. It's like, it is a stressor. It is as if like your body, your body can't like differentiate different stresses. Like it's, it's as if you're like being chased down the street, like stress is stress. And so I was constantly stressed, whether it was mentally or physically by over-exercising or yeah, mentally by like worrying about what I'm going to eat when we go out to eat. Um, and so it just put my body in a constant state of stress and then that affects your gut too. So it's all just connected. And I wish I would have known how many like different effects there were by like just being obsessive. Cause I probably would have tried harder to like not become that way, but hindsight is 2020. So what can you do? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. We can (laughs) only move forward and hope people hear this and think differently. Mm -hmm. Uh, So then this is kind of like a a side question that I wanted to make sure I asked you is just like, Mm -hmm. how do you feel that overall the people pleasing tendency that so many of us Mm -hmm. feel and struggle with, like, how do you feel that plays into this? And, you know, if that's not something that really came up for you in your disordered eating journey, then just how in your life has that people-pleasing mindset really played out? I think my people-pleasing comes from like not really the traditional sense. Mine's like 
I try to be as perfect as possible. And maybe that ties into like being accepted by everyone. And that's a way of people pleasing. Mm-hmm. But I would just wanted to be as perfect as humanly possible and eat perfectly. And just, I'm like, well, I think I have like an individuality complex, honestly. I'm like, I have, like, I have to be the one that does it the best. And I'm like, if everyone is trying to be this way, I am the one who's actually going to do it. And that's not always healthy to have. And then also when I like started or when I realized my gut issues and that like I needed to change the way I was eating, I wasn't eating meat at the time or dairy. And like, obviously people on the internet knew that. And I was like worried. And that's also kind of why I took a break. I was like, I'm just going to disappear for a minute for a month. And then I came back and said I wasn't doing food anymore. But um, I was worried. I was like, what are people going to say? And that's kind of why I was like, I'm not going to show that I'm even eating meat anymore or even like announce it. Definitely. I don't, I don't think people need to like announce that kind of thing. It just invites in like criticism and unwanted advice and stuff. But I was like, yeah, I'm just, I'm done caring what other, other people think. I'm just going to do what I need to do. And honestly, just ignoring what people have to say. Like if it's something negative or if it's something you don't want to address, like you don't have to answer it. That's something I've learned for sure. And like sometimes people will still message me about like orthorexia and stuff or like about just like things I used to talk about more that I don't really want to talk about all the time now. And I, sometimes I just won't answer. And part of me feels bad, like the, pe- the people pleasing part, but I'm like, I, this is going to drain my energy so much and put me back in like a bad place if I answer this. So you just have to do like what's best for you at all times, honestly. And yeah, that's really the only way. Yeah, I saw something. I really love what you said there. Is a friend of mine did a post this morning, and she mm-hmm. was talking about that idea and how, like, at the end of the day, you know, you're allowed to change your thoughts and your habits and yourself. You're allowed to change, and you're mm-hmm. allowed to change without explanation. Like, we don't yeah. have to explain ourselves. And I really struggle with that. I feel like everything I do has to have an explanation to it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I love what Uh, you said there because it's, it's true. Like we, I think we just have that such like, like we feel like we owe everything to everyone, right? Even if a stranger on the internet DMs us a message that's highly personal or it could be highly personal or could take a lot of time to respond. Like we just feel such a pressure to be that person for everyone and we can't like at the end mm-hmm. of the day we can't but it's hard to set those boundaries I think yeah and like as women we're taught like we have to answer everything like we're like manipulating or like conniving or just like cold if we don't answer someone's question like I'll never forget one time it was years ago I was on the street and some man I it was like early in the morning and I was riding my bike to work some man was behind me and just like stopped behind me and was like he was like, Hey, good morning. And I was like, I'm not answering this dude. I'm alone on the street. I'm not going to answer him. And so I pretended I didn't hear him. And he said it again, like louder. And I still didn't answer. And I was like, what is this guy doing? And then he screamed at me. He goes, Hey, I said, good morning. And I turned around. I was like, good morning. I was like, what the fuck? Like, we're just expected all the time to like answer what anyone says or any kind of question. We have to be like open about everything. And it just, it really pisses me off. And it's something that's still grinds my gears but um yeah and like with dm questions and stuff like i don't have to answer everyone and i do feel bad because i'm like i mean they took the time to ask me this question 
And if it is from like a nice place or like they're genuinely like struggling, like I'll try and find a way to like answer it that doesn't like drain my energy. But if it's just like someone accusing me, like you're looking really thin lately, like are you are you falling back into your ways? Oh my God, I ignore that so quick. <laughs> like it's just, yeah, I wish everyone could have the same mindset. Like you don't have to answer to everyone and if it's going to like drain your peace or take away your peace like just ignore it and don't do it nothing matters (laughs) no yeah and I what you said about like the incident with the guy on the street I've had very similar things happening where oh yeah especially when I travel and I'm always traveling solo you know and especially Mm -hmm. when I would be in New York City there'd just be a lot of instances where I chose to yeah, like not engage back with whatever was happening. And sometimes, mm-hmm. yeah, you do get something called after you, like it happens, but it's just like, it's a choice at the end of the day of like what, what feels right to you in that moment. And the same goes for messages also like goes with friends and family too. Like I've had so many family members just curious about everything, you know, I'm doing now and I'm involved in. And mm-hmm. day, like I just don't, I don't have the, like you said, like the energy and the space to just keep ex- constantly explaining fundamentally yourself, mm-hmm. right? Like they may be asking, yeah. you know, like a kind of like roundabout question, but fundamentally it's like you trying to explain yourself to them and it does drain your energy. Like it's, it's just such a, such a suck of <laughs> time and patience and everything. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel that a lot. I know. And like, I don't have a whole lot of family and so I do feel for people that maybe like they couldn't just ignore like something someone said to them if they're in their family but I think just as best you can like stay strong and just like stand your ground and be like I'm not answering like I don't have to answer this question but yeah I think just like being that comes with like age too like and gaining more confidence just like standing your ground and stuff I'm definitely way better at that now than I used to be but yeah, I'm just like in a phase where I'm done. I'm done caring. I'm done yes. like trying to please anyone. So I love that's it. That's why I'm at. I feel that's the mood for 2020, and we can all embody that. A yeah, there's bit. no time. The world is ending. There's no time to care. <laughs> yeah, no, there are Nothing no ends to give. <laughs> um, so I guess, like, just in general, we've been talking a lot about social media, and I'm just curious, you know, just top of the mind, whatever comes to to your thoughts. How has mm-hmm. social media, you know, both positively and negatively impacted like your mindset around health? And I know that's probably shifted quite a bit during this transition, mm-hmm. but even now, like what are some ways that you see it as a positive or maybe as a negative impact in, in your life with your health, that sort of thing? I think it really just depends on the accounts that you follow because I don't follow any of the same accounts I followed like way back in the day, maybe one or two. Yeah. It really is just up to who you choose to follow. And like, you got to be more selective and you got to like reach out or branch out and choose people to follow that are telling different stories than your own that look different than you that are talking about things that you may not like understand or have knowledge of yourself. Like I follow so many people that talk about things that I had no knowledge on prior and I've learned so much that way. So I think that's a really big positive of of social media and Instagram is like the knowledge you can get. I'm like, do I even need to go to go back to college? No, but 
it's, I've learned so much that I feel like 20 or so years ago or any time before that it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm just really grateful that we have that now. And like, it's so accessible to us, but a negative, um, well, there's lots of negatives, but again, it goes down to who you follow. Like if you're following really like triggering accounts or people that are preaching like unhealthy health practices, then that's just going to like brainwash you basically, or just like become so ingrained in your brain. And that's what I was doing before. But yeah, there's so many accounts still out there that are like promoting so many diet culture things that it scares me. I try to, I, sh I try to ignore it. I shouldn't, but <laughs> I just try to forget that part of the internet. Honestly, it's so scary. I know. I, I feel the same way. And for some reason, my Explorer page is constantly filled with these freaking diet accounts. And I don't really? know why it is. I feel cause like every now and then I'll click on like sometimes to me, it seems so ridiculous. Like my sense of humor is so odd that like some like mm -hmm. pure ridiculousness makes me laugh. And some of these mm -hmm. diet culture based accounts are just so ridiculous. You know, like I'll send them to a friend and I'm like, what the fuck even is this? You know, like, it's just so <laughs> funny to me that like at one point, like I used to, you know, like see that way or feel that way, you know? And I feel like so yeah. every now and then, like we'll kind of joke about something that pops up. Yeah. My Explorer page just keeps getting filled with that crap. And I'm like, thank you next. I do not want that. <laughs> yeah. That sucks. Cause you're looking at it as a joke, but it's coming up like as an actual suggestion. Yeah. So that's pretty annoying. Yeah. I but, need to quit. Yeah, I, just finding the right accounts and like really engaging with those will make them make similar accounts come up on your explore page that are like that. But yeah, there's so many out there still. And I can't believe I used to follow them. Like the ones that would say like the different calories, like in each thing and like what substitutes you should do. Oh, so I concerning. I know. But. I know. And especially like I have, you know, just friends or younger cousins and I, I see mm. that they follow those accounts or they'll mention it. And I'm like, ah, let me just, let me not see this. Cause I'm going to freak out. Like it just, oh, it's so, I don't know. I it's know. hard, but that's like the other thing is everyone has to like, you have to do this work for yourself. Like I'm a very big mm -hmm. component of that. Is that like, no one can force you to recover. Um, there's people that can help yeah. you way, but like it fundamentally has to be your choice. And you know, so yeah, you have to want it. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess like kind of on that note, maybe we already touched on it or maybe we didn't, but what would you say were like, was like the first or the first couple steps you took to redefine your relationship to health? Like, I know you said you kind of went with that, like everything goes mindset, but were there mm -hmm. any other crucial steps you took that were finally like, I'm doing this, like I'm, I'm choosing recovery, like truly fully. I want this now. My recovery, I'd consider probably like a two year process. And the first year I was still on Instagram. The whole first year was actually like when my account was really big. Um, and sorry, my email popped up. Um, that's when my account was like really big. And, um, yeah, I like, I kind of was saying I was recovered, but I was really still in the process and I didn't realize I like wasn't all the way through it yet until like the gut issues and stuff started happening. And I was like, just so stressed about it. And I realized I'm like, what am I doing? Like, 
I'm so still obsessed with like health. It's just passing off and it's like passing in a different way. Like it's disguised. Like I'm able to pass it off. Like I'm doing this for my job, that kind of thing. And then I stopped doing health and stuff and yeah, went the other way. And like the whole next year, I just wasn't posting any food. Like I like not even like on my story really, unless I went out to eat with a friend or something, but that was like a strict rule I had. I was like, I'm not doing any of that. I'm not like making recipes or anything. And I actually got a part-time job because obviously I wasn't doing Instagram anymore. And, or it was actually full-time. I got a retail job and that's when I, like, I also wanted to make friends too. Like I said before, like I didn't really have people holding me accountable and stuff like that, but I was really lonely. So I got a job and I was like, I'm gonna make some friends. And that's how I met my roommate. And then her friend is also our other roommate. And yeah, I feel like that was so, so crucial. I needed to just like get back into or just get into like another world, like a, like no one there, no one at my work knew about like the health community and stuff. And like my previous friends, oh God, my previous friends before that um, were in the health world. So like I, I was still kind of in it. So making other friends that weren't part of that was so crucial too. And people with like normal eating habits or normal, I mean, who even has normal eating habits at this point, honestly. But um, yeah, so that was really important for me. And I don't work there anymore, obviously, especially with like Corona and everything, but I'm grateful I had that opportunity to do that. So yeah. And it's just like putting yourself in a different in a different space too, right? Like Mm -hmm. I feel a big issue with disordered eating and like that entire realm is how much of it is a habit and it becomes a routine and um, just like the cycle of thoughts, the cycle of actions. And it's so Mm -hmm. hard to break those, those habits or to overcome the urges, you know, that come along with it. And I feel like putting yourself in a new circumstance, a new, you know, whether that's a new place or a new job or just like something new, like inserting something new into your life that kind of breaks up that rigid habit cycle, however you want to think of it, I think is so important. And I feel the same way. Like when I first, um, got my, like my actual, my part-time jobs and it was, it was like, Oh, I can't, I can't like follow this food routine, whatever it was, you know what I mean? Like it just broke up the day, mm-hmm. broke up my routine in a way that I had to make little steps towards recovery. And I think that's yeah. um, just such a like neat concept to think of. Yeah. And also like getting back into old interests was a big thing for me too. And I worked retail, so that was like fashion stuff. And I was interested in fashion like my whole life, way before all the food stuff. And getting back into that and doing that for my Instagram. Like that's what I started doing instead of health and things. If anyone doesn't follow me, but um, yeah, I started doing like fashion and lifestyle kind of stuff. And that was so important for me to like replace that part of my life with something else that was much healthier. And so, yeah, I would suggest that for anyone going through kind of the recovery process is to just find something that replaces how like that huge part of your life that food has become for you, I guess. And a lot of times that's like things you used to love because that was something I totally fell out of. I stopped caring about completely when I was obsessive and stuff. So yeah, I think that's a big thing and that could be a lot of different things, but yeah, that was, that for me was fashion. So yeah, I did, I forget who it was with, but it was a 
it was an episode and the majority of it was about shifting focus in recovery because it's so true that if you know if your body and yourself and your food and your health are your main focus like of course it's going to be extremely hard to get out of that you know like that's all you're thinking about yeah and I think a lot of times we see that's that why I couldn't get over it because I was still yes. doing like Instagram and stuff so yeah like you're still thinking about it and I that's something I still mm-hmm. struggle with and I feel for anyone that has um like an actual illness or something going on that forces you to really you know like you have to put your focus on your health like I feel like that can just really make it tricky but yeah finding something to shift your focus whether that's something yeah you used to love or as we mentioned a new job or maybe it's a Mm. relationship or a friendship where suddenly you're like you know it's less about obsessing over the food and more about like I want to go on a date with this person or I want to go out to eat with friends like that can be mm-hmm. so, so crucial. So shifting mindset, yeah, everyone. I, <laughs> yeah, I started focusing on like all of those things so much when I stopped doing food. And it just like, it made me so happy. And it got me to the point that like now or back in June, I was like, you know, I think I want to like start doing that again. And it like came so naturally for me to just have like a whole balance and like have it be so mixed. Like you said, what I post is just so different like every day. And, but like, it's now it's fun for me to do a recipe every now and then. And it's not like there's no pressure for me to eat like perfectly all day long. Or I'm saying quote unquote perfectly. Um, but yeah, like no one has to know what I'm eating for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'm just sharing a recipe that I like worked on that I worked to make. It's not, no one's really like seeing what I'm eating all the time. So that for me was like a big change from how it used to be when I was posting food all the time. And that was really important. Yeah. And I would say if anyone is struggling with this and you have a food account, like I know they can be great. A lot of people can use them as sort of an accountability thing, Mm -hmm. you know, for recovery to try new foods, whatever it is, but also (laughs) making sure that it's not adding that pressure. Um, like you said, and, and I think we're seeing a shift in that where at least a lot of my, you know, friends and mutual people we follow are just creating this beautiful blend of, you know, like foods that bring us joy or foods we genuinely want to make and share. Yeah. And then this lifestyle content and, you know, mood, mood shots and like fun things that really mm-hmm. diversify that message we're putting out. And um, I think that's just like so, so neat. And yeah, I mean, it's just fun. Yeah. And that's, that's why I'm glad I'm like still a part of that whole community. And that like, I'm so grateful that I built up a following within that still, because I have seen it change so much. Like I don't really come across that many just food accounts anymore. And if I do, it's just like smaller ones that are on the explore page or whatever. And those are so cool. I'm like, oh, that's a cool recipe. Like maybe I can make something similar one day. Yeah, a lot of the accounts that like follow me or message me or like my pictures, I do go and look at like everyone's accounts. I love looking at like what people are coming up with and stuff. And I do notice a lot more lifestyle and just like cool shots. And that's something that was so fun for me was like figuring out a different way to do content. And I feel like maybe I inspired some people hopefully to like try different things, not just like food styling and stuff and like take a cool moody little picture of themselves or something. But yeah, I've, I've loved that change that I've seen in the health community. Oh gosh. I definitely feel like at least to me and some others I've talked to, it was like you leave from America. Um, 
Oh, there's a few Sammy, others. Probably. Yeah, Sammy. Um, and just like a few others that either made the shift or you've just, or they've always, like Olivia from All of Eats, that have just mm-hmm. always had that, such like that, that blend of everything. And, and I think, you know, people really admire you guys and they're really inspired by it, you know? Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> and I, I just think that's so, so beautiful. And that's like the good side. It's not even influence. It's inspiration at that point. Um, yeah. So, uh, I love it. Yeah. That's honestly like if the health community was still the way that it was and I felt the pressure to like only post food again and it wasn't as like welcoming of me doing more like of, of a mix of things, then it'd probably be a whole different story. But yeah, I think that's, that ties back into like a positive of Instagram right now is just like the shift that we're all seeing. And especially with like more activism kind of stuff and people talking about the shit that really matters. So yeah, I've, I've seen some really good changes on there. Well, I love it. And for anyone that wants to follow along and just see, you know, what it is that we've been talking about (laughs) in regards to your feed and (laughs) everything you're doing also with the fashion, um, where can they find you and follow along and just connect? Yeah. Um, I'm really only on Instagram as far as like content creation goes and that's, it's Taylor Marie and it's, um, I T S T A Y L E R M A R I E. Um, yeah, I don't really post anywhere else. And well now Instagram has reels. I was going to say maybe one day I do TikToks, but now Instagram has reels and I don't know how I feel about that because I like TikTok, but, um, yeah. So just follow me on there if you'd like. Perfect. I know I've been, I had been debating TikTok in the past like two weeks and then I saw they got the reels on Instagram. I'm like, okay, no TikTok for me. Like I'll just, it's just too much. Yeah. I was like, maybe I'll just stay on Instagram, but okay. Well, yeah. Perfect. If you're wanting to do it just to like have fun with it and stuff, it's perfect to do it on Instagram because then it's all in one place. But yeah, I just, I, I'm addicted to TikTok. It's an issue. 